Isaiah chapter 24 tonight. Isaiah chapter number 24. The second part of a three-part series that we started last Wednesday evening. We're talking about God's judgment on the whole world. In particular, we're talking about a refuge from the storm, God's protecting his people. Now, the whole idea here is Isaiah is warning Israel of the Assyrian destruction that's coming if they do not repent, and of course they're not going to. Isaiah warns of Judah, warns Judah of the Babylonian captivity if things keep going in that direction, and it will. And then Isaiah warns the world of God's pending judgment upon it. But the world doesn't change either. So we're going to read um, a few verses of Scripture. I want you to look in Isaiah 24. I want you to look in verse number 5 in particular. As we talk about this tonight, I want to remind you of some things we talked about last week. And then... um, we will move to chapter 25, okay? Um, Chapter 24 in verse number 5, The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and a few men left. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Now I pray and trust you'll use it for your honor, your glory. I pray and trust, Father, you'll give grace this evening, both physically, spiritually, and mentally. And I pray now that you would glorify yourself as the one who's in charge, the all-powerful one, the all-present one, the all-knowing one. And Lord, our Savior, our God, our friend, our King, uh, the one who's coming for us. I pray now that you'd use all things read to encourage people, to give hope, uh, Lord, to increase faith, and to point our eyes towards Jesus in every area. Forgive my sin in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. I am one the more time in that adjustment period. I think I have it here. Um, Okay, the judgment on the whole world and a refuge in a time of storm. The prophets called this time the day of the Lord in in the New Testament. We find it mentioned in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Revelation chapter 6 through 19, the day of the Lord, the judgment of God upon the whole world. No one has seen the wrath of God poured out like it's about to be poured out. There's never been a time in history. Even the flood of Noah will be small in comparison to what God's going to do during this day, day and time. And the Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah is a small thing in comparison to what the whole world will endure and will suffer at the wrath of Almighty God. 
Why is God's wrath being poured out? It's being poured out because of the rejection of His Son, Jesus Christ, by the inhabitants of the world. We find um, a time period here and, and this thing going on that um, has evoked the wrath of God. Let me um, go back and just one of the most valuable and most important things that we find. One of the things that we talked about last week was that the reason why the curse as he spoke about it and the earth being defiled in verse number 5, the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because there's some things that are taking place that defiles the earth. Notice, because they have transgressed the laws the laws of God. We're not talking about just the laws of Moses. We're talking about, hey, the laws of physics, um, the laws of um, gravity, the laws of reaping what you've sown. Uh, we're talking about those kinds of things. Um, uh, instances where God commanded that people do this, this, and this before the law of Moses was ever given. And it was a permanent situation that has not been done away with simply because we are not Jews and we're not under the law of Moses, okay? So you find it said, the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws. They have changed the agreement with God. They've changed the ordinance. They've broken the everlasting covenant that was made with them. Now I want to show you some things very quickly and this is a repeat. So if you were here last week, you already have this. In Numbers chapter 35, I want you to notice verse number 30. Verse 29, actually. Numbers 35, verse 29. Before the law of Moses, um, or, or under, uh, during the law of Moses. Notice what he says. So these things shall be for a statute of judgment unto you throughout your generations and all your dwellings for all time. Whoso killeth any person, the murderer shall be put to death by the mouth of witnesses. But one witness shall not testify against any person to cause him to die. Murderers shall be put to death. Moreover, ye shall take no satisfaction for the... In other words, you're not going to rejoice at the life of one who has uh, been put to death, even though they were a murderer. Uh, it's not going to, uh, you know, uh, it, it, God doesn't want you to have great satisfaction in this, um, as he's talking about here. It's not a joyous occasion, but it is needful. Um, the squeamish today say, well, you know, taking a life of one who has already taken lives proves nothing and, and it's a bloody thing. And so they've reversed capital punishment as uh, the punishment of God upon those who have shed blood. Um, Genesis chapter 9 verse 6 says, they that shed for he that sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. And that's before the law of Moses. That's a principle and, and, a, and a quality that was taken care of that we've done away with. 
Now we just put the prisoners in, in jail for their whole life, give them a nice cushy little uh, jail cell, all of the medical expenses they need, everything they feed and clothe and shelter them, let them watch color TV, and we pay for that instead of requiring their blood because they've been a mass murderer or they've, they've, they've killed someone else as that goes. They've shed innocent blood and God says that their blood should be required, but by the hand of two witnesses or more, not just one person. Well, that makes great sense. Notice he says, uh, verse 31, Moreover, ye shall, not, ye shall take no satisfaction for the life of a murderer, which is guilty of death, but he shall be surely put to death. And ye shall take no satisfaction for him that is fled to the city of refuge, that he should come again to dwell in the land unto the death of the priest. So, shall not, so ye shall not, here's, um, what, here's the condition and what happens if these things are not followed as God set them down. If we fail to follow what God says, here's what happens. Verse 33, So ye shall not pollute the land wherein you are, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. Defile not therefore the land where ye, ye shall inhabit, wherein I dwell. For I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. God dwells among his people. Uh, in the New Testament, he's among his people. He's in his people. In the form of the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, you're a child of God. God dwells in you. And he's saying that as you dwell upon the earth, I dwell in you. And the earth shall not be defiled by blood because the only way that that can be forgiven or that can be cleansed is by the one who shed that blood being put to death and the shedding of his blood. So we've changed the laws of, um, of blood for blood in, in America and the world. We say, oh, but that's archaic, that's cruel, that's unusual punishment, but that's what God said he required. Those that shed blood, innocent blood, shall have their blood shed in return to recompense. And we ha we're, we're failing to do that. Innocent blood. The unborn uh, uh, babies is innocent blood. How many millions have had their blood shed in America alone? And yet we wonder why things are going the way they are. And uh, <clears throat> we're missing some of the blessings of God. And, and perhaps God is uh, about to uh, repay America for her, her bloody hands and, and, and the way that he views things. So we think about the unborn as innocent blood that is shed. We think about the mass murderers. Uh, we think about the killers of children and those kinds of things. So... <clears throat> so Look at, um, I, I told you about Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. I, I want you to look at the 106th Psalm very quickly. We went over this last week. The 106th Psalm in <clears throat> verse number, uh, 33. The 106th Psalm, verse 33. Because they, Israel provoked his spirit, God, 
because he did not, they did not follow the law. They did not do what God told them to do. Because they provoked his spirit so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips, talking about Moses. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And there's a verse in, uh, in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes that says uh, not to learn the way of the wicked, not to learn the ways of the wicked. And yet here it says it this way, that they mingled among the heathen and learned their works. They learned how to be heathens. And uh, God's people marrying and intermingling with those who are not God's children is what causes this. They learn the ways of the heathen. They learn. That's what um, provoked God in the days of Noah. You remember the sons of God married the daughters of men. Um, these were not angels and, and human beings. That's, that's, that's far-fetched. It was the children of God letting down their guard and doing exactly the opposite of what God said. Marry only those uh, of like mind and like heart which are born again. Marry in within that, in, in that family. Yet they went outside and began to marry the unsaved and marry those who, because they were so beautiful and so pretty, it, it became a a choice of the eyes rather than of the heart and the will and mind of God. And so they went against God's agreement, God's covenant. They went against the ways of God and God destroyed them in, in the days of Noah. Here he says in verse 35, they were mingled among the heathen and learned their works and they served their idols which were a snare unto them. Now listen. The 106th Psalm, verse 37, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. A human sacrifice. That's what was one of the things that was so wrong with the worship of Moloch and, and Ashtart and others. And every time you see them worshiping in the hills or under the green trees, it's exactly what they were doing was human sacrifices of their own children and others and and it had um, a, a ritual that was um, one of fornication and promiscuousness that, went, that was involved in the ritual of worship. It was so appealing to the flesh that they were caught up in it. And yet they got to a frenzy and to a place where they did not even mind actually sacrificing the blood of their own children while the beat of the drum was bringing them to a to a crescendo, they, they, were, they were drowning out the screams of their own children as they were sacrificing and drawing the blood to pour out to a demon god. Have we not done the same thing in America? Have we not? In the form of abortion, have we not shed the blood of innocent people and children and allowed those around us to do so. Uh, I read where, uh, you know, it's not right that we should change the laws. And, and uh, the, the left is afraid of, of the Supreme Court nominee that it will throw the balance out of kelter for the progressives and that we'll reverse Roe versus Wade. And after all, it's the right of the woman to do what she will with her own body. Do what you will with your own body, but that unborn that is within your body is someone else and it's an individual person and you cannot do with them as you will. 
It's the shedding of innocent blood. And here we are right back. They sacrifice their sons and their daughters unto devils. Oh, and we read that in the Bible. We say that's horrible. I read where a Catholic priest, one of the few times I will agree with a Catholic priest, said publicly this week that if you are a Catholic and a good Catholic, you cannot vote Democrat. Because the Democrats of today are different than they were 50 years ago. Now if you vote for Democrats, you're as well as saying it's all right to kill the unborn. It's all right to... Uh, to do the homosexual thing and those things. Yea, they sacrifice their sons, their daughters unto devils, and they shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters. Notice, they shed innocent blood, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. You ought to underline that. The land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works. The Sodomites want a cure for AIDS. You know, years ago they were demonstrating and marching and, and carrying their signs and they wanted a cure for AIDS. Well, I can tell you a cure and it's called abstinence. You know, if you'll stop doing what you're doing, then we'll stop this spread of AIDS. But they don't want to stop doing what they're doing. They want a cure to be found for that. Well, look, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and here in Psalm 106, 39, they were defiled with their own works. They brought it upon themselves and went a-whoring with their own inventions Therefore was the wrath of God kindled against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance and he gave them into the hand of the heathen and they hated them uh, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them and they were brought into subjection under... Listen, that's where we are in America right now. Oh, you say, well, we're not being ruled. Yes, we are being ruled over. Abortion's being forced down my throat and I'm not for it at all. Sodomite marriage is being forced down my throat and I'm not for it at all. The abuse of children, the Democrats are trying to make laws that, that, that make it okay for, for children to be sodomized and, and to be sexually used as objects without punishment. And, and how vile can you be and how crazy can you get? The land is defiled. We've done it unto ourselves. You say, well, I haven't. No, I haven't and you haven't. But because Christians are so patient and so, you know, trusting and so kind and, and, and we need to... We need to get a little bit militant and realize that it's time to voice loudly our disapproval of what's going on and voice loudly our support of those who are trying to do right. Verse 43, many times did he, God, deliver them, his people, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. 
You know, it's time to cry out to God. And he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitudes of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Now listen. They cried, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen. I say that's a good prayer today. Give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. Yes. Now, judgment on all the world and a refuge in time of storm. We talked about last week the Lord will judge his enemies. And we talked about this very thing. But what I want to give to you before we close here in a little bit is the second thing. Not only will the Lord judge his enemies, but the Lord will preserve his people. The Lord will preserve his people even in the midst of evil, even in the midst of turmoil. The Lord will preserve his people. In Isaiah chapter 25 if you look at verse 1, he says, O Lord, and notice the spelling. This is um, the Jesus of the New Testament is spoken of as Lord, Jehovah God here. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. What does God like faithfulness and truth. For thou hast made of a city a heap, of a defense city, a ruin, a palace of strangers, to be no city, it shall never be built. The power of God when over wickedness and over those who betray his people. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee. The city of the terrible nations shall fear thee. Those who are of wickedness, those who are not born again, those who are of this nation, it was a wicked nation that did not know God. He said, when they see your works, they shall fear you. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall, thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat when the shadow of, the, of a cloud, the branch of the terrible ones shall be brought low. I love it. Notice verse 7. He will destroy in this mountain or this kingdom, the Lord's kingdom, he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. I wish I knew exactly what he's talking about there. There's two things that come to mind. Number one, the stinking coronavirus mask at present. And I know he's not talking about that. But he could very well be talking about uh, Islam and the veil that, what is it called, the burqa uh, in Islam and sh uh, Sharia law and those kinds of things. I kind of have a suspicion that um, the, the religion of the world 
after we're raptured out, might be Islam. It's a demonic religion in the first place, and, um, and it might very well be the religion of the world after we're raptured. And there you have the veil, and there you have the burqa, and you have the covering, and all of those things. And he says, he will destroy in this mountain, or in his kingdom, this kingdom, the face of the covering that is cast or covered over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. And it could very well be figurative, you know, as far as that goes, a veil uh, they can't see right. They can't understand. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. In um, there's a reference here in my Bible that goes from um, the veil that is spread over all nations. Um, there's a reference here to um, Joshua chapter ten. When uh, Joshua was conquering the land as they were coming through, uh, they conquered the city of Ai, you remember. And, uh, and after that, there were a lot of the cities round about who was large cities. And instead of calling him the mayor, he was the king over every city. And there were five of those large cities that um, came together to destroy a uh, to destroy Gibeah or Gibeon, because Gibeon over in Isaiah twenty eight verse twenty one. Why I went there to show you this: the veil that is over, uh, a, a veil of not understanding or being under rulership and an authority. God can destroy without man lifting a finger, and the, and the. And the reference to show that is that, um, that, that God helped Gibeon uh, through Joshua. In other words, um, to make the story short, five cities came together. Jerusalem was one of them that were not born again, that were not God's people in that day and time. They were wicked kings and wicked people came to destroy Gibeon because Gibeon had made a covenant with the people of Israel, the Hebrew people coming in to the land. They saw what Joshua and the people did to Ai and Jericho and they said, man, we better make a, 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 you know, a peace agreement with these people. They did. And so they were kind of helping the Hebrews and the five wicked kings of these large cities in the land of Palestine in that day and time said, let's go down and destroy Gibeah or Gibeon because they made a league with the Hebrew people. So they went down to do that. And God helped uh, Joshua and said, okay, get involved here. You're going to go destroy all these people. You're going to meet them in a certain valley. But the thing that happened was God brought about hailstones. And it says that hailstones were as big as uh, they'd ever seen in their life and, and destroyed these people. And it happened in a day and time um, that was quite unique. And not only that, but you've heard Joshua pray and the sun stood still. Uh, and this also happened in this story. Joshua prayed and, and the, the sun stood still for 12 additional hours. 
and it uh, helped Israel to spoil and defeat much of the army. And then those that began to get away, God said that he would destroy and he rained a hail, a hailstone upon them and destroyed more than the army of Israel even thought about destroying. God destroyed more in abundance. Same thing is going to happen to Russia when they come down against Israel. God's going to destroy that army with hailstones so that he gets the credit for it. So, so I know uh, you have to put all this together. And so what we're actually seeing is the Lord preserving his people. The Lord taking care of his people, even to the point of raining hailstones down upon a wickedness. He's done it in the past. He's done it several times in the past. And it's nothing for him to take care of the wicked. I, I, I studied that. I read that. I said, man, this is great. And I said, Lord, you know, we have people in America today that do not want things to go the direction they've been or the direction they're going. We have people in America today that want you to be on the throne, Lord, but you need to help us destroy this wickedness and get, it, get the... Um, uh, the influence of it out of the way. Hey, don't tell me God can't do it. He can put them in prison. He can stop their heart beating. He can do whatever he wants to do, but he can get the glory for it. Amen. So never give up when God's on your side. The Lord preserves his people. Um, one of the things, uh, let me jump across the page here. Um, he says uh, back in Isaiah 25, He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death and victory and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off their faces. It says so in Revelation chapter 7, you remember? God will wipe away all tears. And the rebuke of his people shall be taken away from off the earth for the Lord hath spoken it. Verse 9, And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. The Jews will turn to him and say, This is our God. Talking about Jesus. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now we're talking about today. That's a future time. We're talking about today. Can God preserve his people today? As a matter of fact, he can. I want you to look uh, probably across the page in your Bible in chapter 26. And I want you to look at, um, I want you to look at verse 9. Are you there? Isaiah 26 verse 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night, praying to the Lord. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. Now listen. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. When, when thy judgments are in the earth, God, when we see your hand of judgment coming, when we see your hand of discipline, when we see your hand, we, we give you credit. We realize that that it's the righteousness of God that's causing these things and even the heathen will realize that it is God. That's what he's saying here. 
But I want to show you something else. Notice verse 9. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. But verse 10, you ought to circle. Let favor be showed to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. <clears throat> in the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. What, wait a minute, what is, that, what is that saying? What does that mean? <clears throat> it means literally to let the wicked off easy is an open door to lawlessness. Have we not seen that recently? <clears throat> as fast as we put them in jail, they're bonded out immediately. And they laugh. And they carry on their destruction. <clears throat> it will get worse. It'll, it will increase from burning and looting to open murder. It's already to some degree, but it will get worse. Because when you do not punish the wicked swiftly and justly, they lose all fear and inhibition. And this is what God is saying here about the earth, about the land, about the world that is cursed because of innocent blood. He says, and they have denied my covenant and have gone back on my laws and ceased to do the things that I told them to do. And so there is no stoppage of wickedness being increased more and more because the people are not abiding by my word and what I told them to do. Let favor be showed to the wickedness, yet will he, the wicked, not learn righteousness. You don't learn to do good by doing evil and getting by with it. Yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. I was told, to, told tonight before I came to church that you know, several people have made mention of the same thing. They said, we have to travel for our work. And then, you know, and some of the others said, well, my wife and I travel because uh, we take vacations quite often. We travel a lot and stay four or five days in different places and so on. That'd be nice. In some of the motels and the upper level motels. And they said, we're seeing the... We're seeing a common thing everywhere we're going. We're seeing the upper level motels filled with thugs. And the smell of marijuana smoke is down the hallways. And they said, we asked some of the managers of the hotels, what, what's going on? How does these people, I mean, it's obvious they're lowlifes. And how do they afford these kinds of rooms and, and be able to, you know, and they said, what's going on? They said, well, we're not quite sure, but we're seeing it in some of our other chain hotels as well. The same thing is happening across different cities. They're being filled with those kinds of, somebody's paying the bill. And one of the gentlemen that wrote this said, uh, I finally just asked one of the individuals that, passed me by in the lobby. I said, hey, 
What, what you guys doing? You know, how, how, how y'all doing? What, what are you doing here? And the guy remarked, changing the world. Changing the world. Um, excuse me. But there is a radical element in America today that is nuts. And guess what? They look like us. They're educated. They're middle class. But they have been so radicalized. I saw a young lady today uh, on a video that looked like she was between 25 and 30 years old uh, driving a nice automobile and videoing herself, I guess. She was upset with the way now that we have an opportunity for another Supreme Court justice on the bench, and she was just screaming. She was just screaming berserk, so angry and mad at the fact that this is happening. Hey, what's wrong with these people? Well, you go on and you find that God says, they're not my people. It happened in the days the Bible was written, it was happening the same way. And God said, these are not my people. In America, we want to think, what in the world's wrong with those people? They need to know the Lord Jesus, and they don't. Let me finish. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32, let me go back there and I'm finishing. In Deuteronomy 32, you look at verse 3, and you look at uh, verse 4, and uh, Moses writes, and he says, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Moses says, He is the rock, capitalized. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth, thy word is truth. God doesn't deal in falsehoods and errors. God does not deal with your heart by casting doubt. He gives truth, but he doesn't give doubt. Are you with me? Satan brings doubt and Satan brings worry. God brings truth and confidence. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. There's a, there's a verse. Look at it. They have corrupted themselves. And their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. They're not God's people. They bring about evil and they bring about wrong. And, and, and they deny God, but they're not his people. You see it right there in verse number 5. You also notice um, uh, verse 6. Do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people? Do you pay back God, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? In other words, he's not the father of them, spiritually speaking, but he is the father of them as being the maker, do you see? And so the same in America at the present time. You drop down uh, into uh, verse number 30 and you find, uh, you could read from verse 27, 
uh, how the Lord has done these things. Um, Verse 28, For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. That crazy woman screaming on that video, there's no understanding. You can't reason with her. You you can't. uh, I, I don't even try to argue with those kinds of people. Verse 29, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? For their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their rock, their foundation, their stability is a little R. Their rock is not our capital R, rock. Not the rock of our God. Their God is a different God. That's a demon God. It's something else. You see that, verse 31, Deuteronomy 32, 31. For their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asp. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense, God says. Their foot shall slide in due time. I'm waiting for that. Hello? Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Who's he talking about? He's talking about that crowd whose rock, little r, is not our rock, big r, is not the same God as we have, is not viewing God as we view him. God is our rock, our salvation, our deliverance, our all in all. In the 46th Psalm, in Psalm 46, in verse number 1, you find it stated, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we will not be afraid. Well, um, That's exactly where we need to be. The 61st Psalm, verses 1 through 4, um, talks about the same thing. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. We're all in this together as Christians. The heritage of those who fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as Many generations, that's enough. The Lord will preserve his people. Even in the midst of trouble, the fire, the storm, the tribulation, um, all the difficulties, God will preserve his people. I don't know what's in store for America. We learned that, um, we learned that the government is busing 
military individuals down to the border and uh, by the busloads. They're busing military people from Fort Bliss down to the border in various cities and staging them along in various areas with, um, with, with no plans of picking them up for more than 30 days. So something's up. Something's going on. Well, what do you do? You lose your mind. You lose your heart. You begin to run and have a foaming, screaming, spitting fear of, uh, of everything. No, you trust the Lord. You say God has everything in control and God knows what's happening. He's my refuge. Amen? He's your refuge. Let's stand and be dismissed tonight.